the markets. We just can't get enough of them. Markets are the drivers of your wealth and investment strategy. Welcome to Magic Markets with your co-hosts, the Finance Coast and Mohamed Nala. Together, we have more than 25 years of combined experience in the markets. For those looking to take their market and business knowledge to the next level, we offer Magic Markets Premium, a research reports and podcast library that nearly has 100 reports in it and a new one every week, all available for just 99 Rand a month. Recent reports have included the likes of Kroger, Deer & Co, Foot Locker, McDonald's, UPS, Apple, Meta, Johnson & Johnson & Swatch. With broad variety and deep research, this is perfect for anyone looking to go to the next level. We invite you to join us in Magic Markets Premium. Go to magic-markets.com to subscribe. This episode of Magic Markets is brought to you by B2IT. Have you heard of Robotic Process Automation or RPA? It taps into the incredible potential of artificial intelligence to effortlessly handle those never-ending, monotonous tasks. Or as B2IT put it, they make robots so people don't have to be robots. Visit b2it.co.za to kickstart your business automation journey. We thank B2IT for their support of Magic Markets. Welcome to episode 161 of Magic Markets, brought to you by our partner B2IT. And as you certainly know by now, they make it possible for us to go off and research two companies each week and bring you some really cool nuggets from either the recent results or recent announcements or recent deals, generally recent results. And Mo, it's been a busy time in tech. Uh, We've actually just finished off recording our premium show on Alphabet with a lot of really interesting insights into why neither of us uh, would have it as our favorite Magnificent Seven. Definitely not. Uh, I actually have covered my favorite Magnificent Seven this week for the free show, which is quite exciting, that being Microsoft, and you have covered Meta. Indeed, Ghost. I've covered Meta because it's that stock that you kind of love, then you hate, then you love again. And in fact, just based on recent performance in the market, certainly loving it a heck of a lot. Uh, Ghost, I'm going to jump into Meta first because I I think it was really such an exciting story. And again, as you've indicated, a really stark contrast to Google that we've just covered in Magic Markets Premium again. So by way of reference, Meta is a stock, and I said we love it, we hate it. It's a stock that we've actually covered three times on Magic Markets Premium. You know, we, we, we covered it in August 2023. That was the most recent, but before that in November 2022 and February 2022. So again, back in February 2022, it was around $222. It it looked as though there was some downside. It had the sharp break to the downside. And we've really gone through the entire journey up and down with the stock. In fact, I think it may have still been called Facebook back then. But back then we said, it's a long way down. If it breaks, it did break. And it went all the way down such that when we covered it in November 2022, it was around $73 a share. We liked it back then. We said, look, there's some upside potential here. And then it ran quite hard. And when we covered it in August 2023, it was up around $315. And to be quite honest, we had said, we think the stocks run really hard. If you've gone from $73 to $315, that is a phenomenal rally. And we had said, look, if you've taken some of that rally, maybe take some of the profit off the table. But what's been so fascinating is that the stock consolidated and then accelerated even further. So let's unpack the story. First and foremost, Meta has a remarkably powerful ecosystem. It's the company that owns Facebook. It owns Instagram. It owns WhatsApp. I mean, I know a lot of people are on WhatsApp. And just in in aggregate, that's an ecosystem of close on 4 billion people. Now, that's what's contributed towards the share price performance, the numbers that we're going to unpack. As I indicated, you know, this stock 
has ratcheted up quite strongly. And in fact, we, we find that it was close to the all-time highs just before this last set of results. And then the market really got excited on the last results. A couple of reasons for that, which we will unpack. And it's accelerated even further. Now, at the time of our previous reports, something I was quite excited about was Meta's foray into the AR and the metaverse. I know you laughed a little bit about this, Ghost. Now we have people walking around cities with these fancy Apple goggles on that look like they're from, from the future. Now, it's not Meta, it's Apple, but I'm, I'm still excited about this stuff. And again, you know, I think when you look at Meta, a couple of interesting things coming through there in Reality Labs, also with their Quest 3. I know you, you tried Quest 2. You said it was absolutely terrible. We'll unpack some of these moving parts because there's just so much happening at Meta in stark contrast to, you know, again, some of the lackluster stuff that we're seeing at other tech players. By way of Bullbox, previously, we had highlighted how Meta was getting leaner and meaner. And I think that's really been the theme. If you look at the last set of results and we'll unpack the numbers, that's really the story behind Meta right now is that they are leaner, they are meaner, and they are working on some interesting stuff that gives you some upside optionality. On the bear side, we were concerned around, back then, what we called the potential AI black hole. Meta was throwing a lot of money into AI, wasn't quite clear what the investment thesis and narrative was. Some of that's actually come through to the positive side. So it may have been a bare point, but Meta seeming to get that right specifically in its advertising business. And we also highlighted regulatory risks. And that's something that's really come to the fore. In fact, it is still quite topical. So I'm going to cheat here, Ghost. I'm going to use my numbers, you know, relative performance. I'm going to use this upfront in this point before we get into the underlying operational performance in the business. And back when we originally covered the stock, it wasn't the Magnificent Seven. It was still Fang. So let's put that to bed. Over the last year, if you were to take a guess, who shot the lights out here, Ghost? Over 12 months. Oh, over 12 months, I think it is Meta. I mean, they, they've had this ridiculous jump, right? So, so, so let's, give, let's give you a dip at position two and position three just for fun. Ah, uh, uh, gosh. You see, now you're making it. Look, um, Alphabet's done okay. I think that was in the 40s or somewhere. I mean, Microsoft is at ridiculous highs. So I'm guessing that's got to be quite decent. So, okay. So in the number two position, we actually have Amazon. They were up around 70%. That's been respectable, to say the mm -hmm. least. And then it's a toss-up between Microsoft and Netflix, both coming through around the mid-50s there and thereabouts. The laggards in the space, Google or Alphabet, if you want to call it that, 46%. Apple, surprisingly, even though lots of people walking around with these goggles on their faces, that's been the disappointment. And I, I want to stress in the FANG, not in the Magnificent Seven, we know, we'll get to that shortly, but in the, in the FANG space, Apple only up over the last... 12 months, 23%. I must say Apple's surprising a little bit to the downside there. Ghost, I'm going to stop there for now. We've still got a heck of a lot more to discuss when it comes to Meta, and I'll use that as my, my second two points. Perfect. So I'm going to start with my favorite little fact about Microsoft, and that is Microsoft is the only company that was in the top 10 global market cap before the global financial crisis, and it is still in the top 10 market cap. Literally, it's the only company. If you go back and you look at that list, you will see a whole lot of big oil and financials and some of that kind of stuff. And if you look at the list now, it's basically just tech, 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 and occasionally one or two other things. Now that tells you something. And I, you know, if I really think about Microsoft's not just staying power, but ability to grow, I think the exposure to enterprise customers is what has done the magic here. Microsoft is completely ingrained in the operations of the world's largest companies, along with most of the smaller ones as well. 
Whereas something like Google Workspace is still a left field choice, let's be honest. And the transition to recurring revenue has very much been the story of the past decade under CEO Satya Nadella. He's played a substantial role in that. It's a vastly better business model to be able to charge recurring amounts for software that go up by inflation, by the way, rather than just a once-off in a shop somewhere in a mall. And it's not like Microsoft is not growing either, as I'll touch on later. So they have this great earnings visibility and they have strong growth potential. And this then allows them to invest in actually building out meaningful market positions in just about every market you can think of, from gaming through to CRM and even social media in the form of LinkedIn, Microsoft is involved. This is just so much more than that old school Windows 95 business that we grew up with. They were criminally left out of fan. There's no M in there, but they are at least in this magnificent seven that we you don't, you know, that's come up as a new term and that you've already talked about on this podcast. And frankly, it's about damn time because Microsoft is very far from being an ex-growth play. Yeah, indeed. I mean, Microsoft's almost been the dark horse. As you indicated, it was strange that they weren't included in FANG. I guess M doesn't fit nicely into an acronym like FANG, and that's why we've had to reinvent that to Magnificent 7. But I think putting the Magnificent into Magnificent 7 has definitely been meta. Meta rhyming. M, Magnificent, right? Magnificent meta. Let's look at the numbers because this is where they've shot the lights out. So last week, we had results out of meta, and they announced Q4 revenue of just over $40 billion. Now, that was a 25% increase on a year ago. But the important thing here is that even though it's a massive increase, it still outperformed the market's expectations, which were quite lofty. I think consensus estimates were around $39 billion. So a slight beat, a billion here, a billion there when you're talking big tech companies. But the market really liking that. It came through very, very strongly. Profit was also up sharply. It was at $14 billion up from $4.6 billion a year ago. Now, it's not been all smooth sailing. Like I say, Meta needing to focus on being leaner and meaner. So what does that look like? Well, they recorded restructuring charges of just over $1.1 billion in Q4. That's a quarterly number. Now, bear in mind, if you take that over the course of the full year, restructuring charges amounted to just shy of $3.5 billion. So it's a big number. Yes, we know we're talking big numbers with these tech companies, but $3.5 billion, that's a big number. They've shrunk their workforce by 22% since December 2022, and they're still at 67,000 employees. So it's a massive, massive business. But I think that focus on being leaner and meaner, that's certainly come through. Now, again, something that I know you didn't like the last time around was Reality Labs. We know Zuck was doubling down on Reality Labs and his investment there. And that that segment still operates at a significant loss. Now, it was, in fact, in the last quarter, it did generate $1 billion in revenue for the first time, I might add. But that doesn't move the needle. And it's still loss-making, losing $4.6 billion over that same time period. So there are a lot of moving parts in Meta. I think the story for me here was definitely leaner and meaner. I think they're in a stronger position than they were a year ago. It's come through in the numbers. What does the guidance look like? Well, for the first quarter of 2024, total revenue is expected to be between 34.5 and 37 billion. And total expenses now for the full year 2024, that's still expected to be between 94 and 99 billion. That's for, for a full four quarter kind of year. But having a look at that, a lot of that is driven, and I want to stress this, this is the key point. It's driven by infrastructure related costs. There's also those payroll expenses. They will be hiring. They are trying to bulk up, even though they've laid off a lot of staff, they're trying to bulk up in the AI space 
and Reality Labs. That continues to be a money pit. Zuck still firmly backing that part of the business. And I guess that's maybe where he's seeing some of the future optionality come through. We'll get into some of that exciting stuff as my last point goes. So my second point is around the results at Microsoft for the second quarter of the 2024 financial year. So these are the results that have just been released. And the press release gets straight to it, right? They shout that cloud has driven the second quarter results. Now, revenue for the group was up 18%, which is you know actually mildly hysterical. If you think of how big Microsoft is, revenue is up 18%. That's really, 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 really impressive. Operating income has increased 33% and diluted earnings per share up by the same percentage. So margins, fantastic. Just consider a world in which Office 365 is growing revenue by 17%. So you don't even have to go and find really outlandish stuff in Microsoft to find the high growth. Good old Office 365, up 17%. This is the beauty of software as a service. They can put through inflation increases, plus their volumes are higher as well. And cloud is indeed where the big action is, with Azure up by 30%, Dynamics 365 up 27%. Everywhere you look, cloud is growing strongly. And if you dig into the rest of the business, you'll still find decent growth, albeit at lower rates. For example, LinkedIn revenue up 9%. This is the undisputed kin of professional social media. Search and news advertising up 8%. Not bad when you consider that this hasn't historically been an area of strength for Microsoft. I would, however, like to see that come up a bit, obviously. At the end of the day, Nadella's opening comment in this press release actually tells the story beautifully. He said they've moved from talking about AI to implementing AI at scale, and that is clear to see in the cloud numbers. Whether we are talking about data processing in Azure or the integration of AI elsewhere in the business, it really does look strong. I love that point, Ghost, because it, it segues so nicely into my last point here. You know, and, and, and where am I going to go with this? You mentioned you know, Nadella's opening comments and the focus on AI. And maybe the last point I had made in my previous point was around how expenses were going to be between $94 and $99 billion and how a lot of that was related to infrastructure and the spend on AI. So when we look at the spend on AI at Meta, the company is going to be bumping up its capital expenditure forecast around 30 to 37 billion over the course of 2024. So definitely doubling down on AI. And you, you mentioned what Nadella said, so I'm gonna mention what Zuckerberg said, and I'm, I'm quoting here. He said, we are playing to win. I love that. I mean, that's he's really fighting talk. He's also a fan, I think, of this UFC and MMA. And so maybe he's really playing to win. It's, it's fighting talk there. He's playing to win. And he says this when he refers to the company's AI efforts. And he says, expect us to continue investing aggressively in this area. Now, Meta is working on a couple of interesting things. They mentioned an AI assistant that will help you do a whole bunch of stuff. And so we need to see, because I mean, Zuckerberg's talked a strong game in the past before we saw a lot of the talk around the metaverse and again maybe fell a little bit flat on that so yes i think it's exciting but you're gonna have to actually see some delivery on that speaking of delivery we mentioned how quest 2 was terrible well now they've got quest 3 and this is a headset for those of you not familiar it's a headset firmly in the vein of this augmented reality future that we're moving into and whilst it's not said to be as good as Apple's Vision Pro, the important point here is that it comes at a significantly lower price tag. So I think that gives the company some upside optionality on some of those initiatives. Then some other behind the scenes stuff that's happening is that recently they've actually cut off third party access to Facebook groups. 
And this showing you again that Zuckerberg is playing tough. He knows that his ecosystem is valuable. He's going to want to monetize that. And I think that's coming through. It's maybe something that's not going to get a headline here and there, but it is definitely a strong point and one of the exciting things that I think come through in terms of the fundamentals on Meta. And then let's get to the really exciting stuff. In fact, before I go there, we mentioned regulatory risks and legal challenges. In fact, just last week, along with the strong results, he was sitting in front of a Senate committee and he's had to answer for Meta's role in terms of public safety on social media platforms, their role in privacy risks, misinformation and toxic content. They did announce new child safeguards on their platforms, on Instagram and so forth. But again, regulators not quite buying that. So I think that regulatory risk still remaining a key risk that you've got to keep on the agenda. The last point and the most exciting point for a lot of people out there is maybe again, probably the most exciting for Zuck is that Meta announced its first quarterly dividend. This is a company that's not paid dividends in the past. And in light of its recent financial performance, they've announced this first dividend. It's 50 cents a share. Now, in terms of a dividend yield, it's not terribly exciting. It's around a half a percent. But for Zuckerberg, roughly stands to take in around $700 million a year just from the dividend. Ghost, don't get nauseous on this. I think Zuck's excited just for the $700 million. It's going to allow him to actually go out there and raise his Wagyu on his farm at his bunker in Hawaii. I'm certainly jealous because it's it's the quintessential you know villain stuff. You've got your secret lair and you've got your, your prime Wagyu beef coming through there. My last point, Ghost, I just want to wrap up on this. We've spoken a lot about Magnificent Seven. The only company that has shot the lights out and that has actually pipped Meta in the Magnificent Seven stakes has been NVIDIA. And that's the chip manufacturer. They're firmly behind selling shovels in the gold rush. A lot of their chips are perfectly suited for this AI revolution. That stock over the last 12 months up an absolutely stellar and amazing 223%. So yes, Meta is exciting, but damn, do I actually hate missing that significant rally in NVIDIA. It's been phenomenal. I think we need a new term, which is Zuck you money, you know, which is a, clearly a tweak on something that we won't say publicly, but I'm sure you can work it out. And uh, when you're getting that in the way of dividends, I think we can all agree you've got Zuck you money. So then we'll move on from that. And my third point on Microsoft is around gaming. Because they acquired Activision Blizzard, obviously, that was very much in the news. And so the gaming is a bit of a focus area at Microsoft. They have historically not been that strong there. Very hardware focused, actually, which is unusual for Microsoft with Xbox. Gaming revenue was up 49% in this quarter. So at first blush, you know, oh my goodness, that's incredible. Well, 44% was the acquisition because it wasn't in the numbers last year. So don't get too excited. Xbox, a slow grower, not really achieving anything close to the success we've seen in the rest of Microsoft. In general, Microsoft's B2C businesses are a bit of a drag, particularly when devices are involved. Their devices business fell 9% year on year. That includes things like the Surface laptops. Xbox hardware revenue only up 3%. Positive, but not by much. You know, they're nowhere near where Apple is on hardware. And the Activision Blizzard acquisition was to actually try and bring in more content. There's no hardware there. In the hopes this will give a boost to the overall gaming business. So this is Microsoft trying to play to its strengths, things it understands, content, cloud, subscriptions, etc., just in gaming. Now, if the success in the rest of the business is anything to go by, then betting against Microsoft is probably not very smart here. We'll see what happens in gaming. It's nowhere near as sexy a business as the sort of enterprise recurring revenue, you know, when are in your business and you use Office and you use Azure and you use everything. That's why I hold Microsoft, but there is nice optionality in the model here. I remain a very happy 
shareholder. I think it's my largest individual position in my portfolio. It will stay that way. I just believe 10 years from now, Microsoft will still be number one or number two in the world on market cap, like it has been for the 20 years prior. And I think that tells the story. Yeah, Ghost. I mean, I, I held Microsoft in the past quite recently. And again, I've said this publicly on the show. I, I actually took some profit not too long ago. Am I kicking myself? You know, maybe a little bit. You know, the stocks actually rallied a little bit further from where I took my profit, but it wasn't that long ago. So I'm, I'm not uncomfortable with having taken some profit. That being said, a really, really strong business. Your point on hardware, absolutely spot on. I was a big fan of Microsoft's Surface product suite. They've fallen behind even in that particular vertical. So they've not been a strong hardware play. Microsoft was actually ahead on the wearables. They had the HoloLens and that had a lot of military and industrial application. But seeing what we're seeing coming out of Apple with the Vision Pro, yes, very expensive. I think Microsoft's price point on HoloLens was also aimed at the industrial market for that specific reason. I think Apple's going to give them a little bit of a run for their money in that wearables, in, in the visual kind of space. And so some question marks there, but I think they've made such strong headway in the AI space. They continue to make headway in their core verticals, in the core business and the cloud business. That's really been a strong part of Microsoft. So as a whole, is it a company that I like? Absolutely. Would I like to get in at lower levels? Yes, if we see this correction come through in the market, I'm just concerned as a whole on the tech sector, I think it's run quite hard. But if we see a decent pullback on Microsoft, is it a stock I would add? Certainly without any hesitation. But what do you think as our listeners? Because that's where we've got to leave it this week. Let us know on social media. It's at Magic Markets Pod, one word, at Finance Coast, at Mohammed Nala, all on X, or go and find us on LinkedIn and pop us a note on there. We hope you've enjoyed this. And if you're a premium subscriber, go and check out the show we've just done on Alphabet. We think you'll enjoy that one alongside this one. Until next week, same time, same place. Thanks and cheers. Ciao. We thank our sponsor, B2IT, for making this show possible. B2IT is all about making life easier, one robot at a time. If you hate it, automate it. Visit b2it.co.za to kickstart your business automation journey. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not financial or investment advice. Please speak to your personal financial advisor.